Hey folks, welcome back to another episode of Biomass. We're in episode 177. We got a good list of topics here, so let's get started with some introductions, starting at the top of the list with Soraya Zell. I am Soraya Zell, and I am always the first one to give my introduction. Because he has that lovely admin tag, and still Jay, until Jay comes up with something that will, you know, bump him above that on the alphabetical order of the list here. Oh, I'm very careful about that. Okay, okay, gotcha. All right, Bate, you're up. Uh, what's up, everybody? My name is Bate, and I am, I think, getting ready to get hit with another hurricane, maybe? Really? Jesus. Something, about Nate, something about Nate, I think. <laughs> Jesus. Well, I'll keep an eye on that. I didn't hear about that, so that's, that's just great. Because I'm sure you guys really want more of that going on. Oh, totally, dude. Totally. All right, Jay, you're up. Uh, let's see. If I'm not mistaken, I believe 177 is the 911 in a couple countries in Africa and the Middle East. Uh, I want to say Egypt and Morocco. Somebody fact check me on that. <laughs> we'll, we'll get someone on that. That's, that's pretty good stuff. I think 177, and I, I totally cheap with Google here, is actually the name of a, a video game that also came out in 1986. I know uh, it's also company. the caliber of most BB guns that you can buy, too. There you go. That's good stuff. And your Red Rider special with the compass and the stock. You'll put your eye with that thing. Yeah, be careful. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. And I'm Pokey Draven. Um, obviously, I'll host the show here. I do our Dungeon Crawl series over on YouTube. And I am usually the resident CCP stalker and gathering of all CCP-related news. So we'll get to that in a bit here. Uh, but first, we want to start off kind of as we normally do with our, uh, our movies and entertainment stuff. A uh, couple new trailers popped up. Uh, Marvel's Runaway. Um, I'm not. I haven't heard anything about this. Is this an existing title or something that's new that Hulu is doing? Um, this this is a this is a new show for this it year. Says, it says an original, so I wasn't sure if it was something that they've yeah. come up with. Yeah, this is a new thing. I, we've uh, we've brought it up once or twice before. It's one of the 50 billion Marvel shows that are coming yeah. out this year. I, I can't keep track of them all, so I'm I've pretty much resolved myself the fact that I'll I'll probably see like. 25% of the movies and I just skip the shows entirely because I don't have cable, but uh, there's so much of this stuff. It's hard to keep track of. I'm kind of sick of it. So it's the ones that I just personally like, eh, yeah, I like that character, but the rest of them like, eh, by, by the way, uh, Jay, you're right on Morocco, but wrong on Egypt. Bye. Thank you. I, I knew it was in that zone somewhere. Sorry. Yeah. How dare you not have a random facts perfectly lined up for every single number. <laughs> Up through 177. I've, I've got a few. To ta- I've, I have a few talents. This is one of them. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, so yeah, I mean, I know you tend to watch a lot of the stuff. Uh, Zell, are you gonna check this one out? This Runaways or we'll see. Um, I haven't. You know, I've heard good things about The Gifted, which just started, um, and I haven't watched the pilot of that yet either. Yes. Yeah, so um, I, I think you're spot on with that, Zell. By the way. It just dawned on me as you're watching the trailer because uh, I, I did not do my homework prior to the show. Uh, that looks strikingly like the other Marvel teenage kids angsty with superpower series coming out too. I'm slightly different premise, but it, they they it, literally they just ever everybody gets a Marvel show. Um, yeah, it, so I, I don't know. I mean, it, it's it, it's reached the point of being unsustainable to to watch all these Marvel shows. I watched the first couple episodes of Inhumans. I'm ambivalent on it at this point um i'll probably at least check out the gifted uh runaways i don't do, do you know does it require a subscription to hulu or not i would assume so 
Um, because, well, because I, I hear that they do some stuff without a subscription. Um, so I don't, for I don't something know. like this, they'll probably offer yeah. like the episode number one without. But if you want to watch the rest of them, you probably need the subscription. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I mean, like, I'm paying for Discovery because I'll pay six bucks a month to watch Star Trek. But I, I'm, sure. not gonna, I'm not going to pay for a Hulu subscription just to watch yet another Marvel series. Yep, that's pretty fair. Um, so I'm kind of in the same boat. I'm, I'm, I don't have Hulu. I have no intention of getting it, so this will not happen for me. But if you do have Hulu or if you're interested in seeing this, it is coming out uh, November 21st. Um, and like like Jay said, it will probably require a Hulu subscription, but we'll have to double-check on that one. Uh, other big one is, of course, Justice League. Got a new trailer. I think this is the fourth one that came out. Um, really just kind of showing more of the plot and you get to see a little bit of Superman and in what appears to be a, a dream sequence or a flashback or something. So, you know, it's, uh, they've, they've put a little more color into it. I think that it actually stopped raining for once. Um, I, since I feel Batman like they, Superman. I feel like they swapped the colors. They, they replaced all the grays with reds, but it's still, I mean, it, it still feel like, like a very singular, you know, look tone. I don't know. It it doesn't feel yeah. colorful. It feels like it is redder. <laughs> it's 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 very muted. Um, just going around. What what are your guys' kind of thoughts on the, the latest trailer? Like, is this getting you more excited, or are you just kind of falling flat? Trailer makes the movie look. Like- I, I kind of got the same vibe. I, I watched it. I was wow. like, eh. I guess. Um, like, yeah. As soon as I saw like the B people or whatever, and then you kind of get toward the end of the trailer where it's like, uh, the. I assume they're on Earth and they're like fighting and whatnot, and it's all flashy and orangey and and whatever. I kind of me there. Who were the bee people you were talking about? Whoever the, the, the guys with guys wings on the back that fly yeah. around, you know. Oh, oh parademons. Yeah. Well, you see the bee people. I what I didn't know if you meant like the faceless bad guys or do you meant like one of the superheroes? Um, uh, dude, it's the thing that he spears through with the the fucking trident. Yeah, that's just one of the random like enemy soldier doohickey guys. I, there's a shitload. I, yeah, there literally there's an infinite number of them. Like actually, uh, I, I would say generally it was a better trailer than the other ones. It did not show anything necessarily new, but the tone of the trailer was noticeably different. Uh, Henry Cavill smiled. I call that a win. And uh, and generally, I think I think they I think they're you see them moving the dial like very incrementally, but very steadily towards not being like Zack Snyder's version of the DC DC movies. Um, so I, I actually took that to be a pretty, pretty positive thing. So, you know, we'll, we'll see. I mean, this, this one has the, I think maybe after they swung in a miss really hard with Batman versus Superman, it would not surprise me if, if there's been some, some course correction, some tacking more to the, you know, slightly more towards Marvel-esque type stuff. It doesn't need to recreate the Avengers or Guardians of the Galaxy, which I, I think would be kind of foolish for them to try that big of a move. But if they can move it kind of incrementally, like where it's like a noticeably more positive kind of spin, I think it'd be good. And it seems like they're, they're at least giving it a shot. Yeah, we'll have to see. Um, I mean, it's I'm, I, don't, I try not to judge a movie by its trailer because that can go either way. But uh, it was like, eh, so okay. You know, I'm, I'm just not very hyped up for the DC ones, much as I usually am for, say, you know, a Marvel flick. Um, and that just might be them trying to kind of, like you said, Jay, move away from what they had been doing into something a little bit, you know, newer. So, you know, I, I do hope it goes well for them. I, I want them to succeed because there's a lot of good characters over on the DC side that could really stand to get some good screen time it's just they've got to 
you know, make it work. So, yeah, I, I to this day believe that that might have been one of the biggest whiffs in move, you know, modern movie making in a while. It sounds kind of odd to say it, but like Batman versus Superman, just that title alone, you like that 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 movie. One, it had a very incredibly high bar. I totally admit that, but they whiffed really bad on that. If they if that movie had been like a little better, you know, like 15, maybe 20% better, quote unquote better. Uh, it would have, it would have crushed. Um, I think they actually still ended up making all their money back off that when you count the international sales. And it was, it was like half a billion dollars, you know, when you added up all the marketing, all their outlay of costs, but they, like they set themselves up. So for such a big fall after that one, I cannot imagine they're not course correcting a little bit. So now on that note, I just dawned on me. Let's say, so I saw the, the new Thor trailer just a little while ago. That's straight channeling Guardians of the Galaxy right there. And it, oh, yeah. it actually it actually looks like it's going to work pretty good because that's a neat mix of characters. Yeah, I actually uh, – I went and saw a film earlier today, and they had a – you know, don't turn, – turn your cell phone off in the movie store deal, but they had some additional clips from the new Thor film coming out. It was it was pretty pretty good stuff. Um, I'm, I'm actually really hyped for that one, whereas the first two Thor films, I was like, eh, they were okay. This one looks – legitimately really solid um, from what we can see. So I'm, I'm actually pretty excited. figured out what worked and was like, yeah, that worked really well. Let's do that. Hey, it's a thing. <laughs> I mean, it's, it, you know, as you said, it works. I mean, they don't have a whole lot of whiffs. There's been a couple that have been not as strong, but like very few of their outings have been like poor. <laughs> Iron Man yeah. 2 is pretty bad. It still made a lot of money. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, because well, you're following Iron Man 1. still made a lot of money. That's well, relatively though. I mean, like they I, they made a lot of money, but they spent a ridiculous amount of money to make it. I think Iron Man Two was it, it. Trust me, it was definitely the weakest one. Totally on board with that, but it didn't. It wasn't per capita. I think as bad as a as some of the deflicks have been. Yep, pretty good stuff. So uh, if you are interested in seeing Justice League, that will be coming out on November seventeenth this year. So we're we're getting pretty close there. Uh, but speaking of Batman, uh, a little bit of tidbit that we just found out a bit before the show here. Uh, so I know three of you, three of us have, have definitely seen it. But, Bate, are you familiar at all with Batman the Animated Series, the original one? Hell yeah, dude. Okay, okay. He's not that young. I get confused sometimes. Uh, so that's Is getting it, Isn't a... he the one that brought it up in the channel in the first part? <laughs> yes, I am. <laughs> okay, fair, fair enough. I fair was enough. watching reruns, but still, I, 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 I a fantastic show. Yeah. So Batman the Animated Series is... is Kind of, I, I kind of hold that as like the, you know, the Batman series. Just, it's just, it was very solid, like just all around. Uh, it is going to get a remastered version for Blu-ray, um, which is pretty exciting. Might actually pick that one up. I don't typically buy a series on Blu-ray, but like my brother and I, whenever we're talking Batman, we always end, always end up referencing at some point back to the original animated series because it was just so well done. Uh, very long running too. I think it had like eighty-five something episodes. I mean, it was it went on for quite a while. And uh, getting a, a Blu-ray remastered version is uh, pretty pretty legit. So I'm I'm kind of kind of hyped for that one. No release date on that one, so we'll we'll have to see. But uh, you know. We should keep an eye on it. If we see it pop up with an actual release date, we'll try to mention it again on a, a later uh, episode here. I have seen, uh, like, the, the DC animated movies, by the way, if you ever go on Netflix and just look up DC animated movies, quite a few. Of the they, One, they've got a lot of them, well, more than Marvel, and their quality is really good. Like, generally really, really well done. Uh, and it, it's pretty cool, because the, uh, the Batman animated series, they've had a couple different outings of, like, you know, like, you know, clutch episode, you know, like almost like kind of a greatest hits out of the Batman animated series. Cause as Pokey said, there's a, 
they've got a pretty deep library library excuse me of uh, of episodes and quite a few of them are if you look at the credits of like who's writing them and, and directing them stuff like that some fairly big name people floated in and out of that series here and there and uh they also lifted several key storylines from the uh, you know, from the pages of the comics. And what I thought was very good about the series, one, killer voice acting, absolute top-notch voice acting. But the writing was solid enough that they would come up with original storylines and, and original story arcs and did them pretty well. Uh, and they've definitely sort of changed Batman canon a little bit. So, for example, Harley Quinn would not be in a movie with Margot Robbie were it not for the Batman animated series, you know, to be very frank. So there's quite a few things that that added to the kind of DC and Batman lore, but yeah, I, I was, so you th- that'll come out on like a box dicks disc set. Is that what you think? Yeah, I imagine so. Probably the big anthology will have a, you know, probably a cool uh, box that you can put on your shelf with like the things printed on the side, you know, it'll, I think it'll be pretty cool. I think it's a good, a good throwback for uh, people who remember the show as a kids or if they are like bait and catching, you know, reruns now, um, which kind of shows how good it was. If they're still showing it, you know, it's, uh, it's really solid. So very cool stuff. Yeah, that's definitely one I might, uh, might actually end up taking a look at. Yep. Sounds good. So we also got another movie trailer coming out. Um, I know Bates is super excited for this one. Like this is like his his film that he is going for. Uh, Pacific Rim Uprising got a new trailer, uh, kind of showcasing a little bit more about the plot. I know we talked about a few months ago about kind of the initial, we'll call it a trailer, but it was more just like a title block because they do that now. They have like trailers of trailers. Um, kind of showing off what uh, the film is going to be about. Um, it's got uh, John Boyega, who's of course plays Finn in the Star Wars films, is kind of the lead actor. Um, and it's kind of a, it seems like a bit of a time skip um, since the last film. So new characters, new people playing it. Um, kind of showing off, looks like there's some Jaeger fighting Jaeger action and, uh, you know, typical action film you know, a sequel where like, Hey, you know, those bad guys we beat in the first one, just kidding. You didn't actually kill them. And now they're bigger and badder than ever. So, you know, it's, it's very clearly the, you know, Pacific rim style over the top kind of hokey, but that's what makes it good sort of deal. Um, I think it looks cheesy enough to be as good as the first one was, which was a surprise for me. It was one of those films where I was like, eh, whatever. And then I went and saw it. I was like, Oh, Okay, yeah, that was actually pretty fun. So uh, this one looks like it'll be about kind of more of the same, which I think is probably a good thing. But what did you guys think? I didn't even bother watching. So I Big really robots. Big robots. I don't know what you can't like about that, babe. I mean, so, so you, you've got the kind of, like, the, they do a really good job on the special effects side. It's It's like kind of why you go see Transformers, but there's at least, like, there's half an attempt to make a good story with a, a Pacific Rim movie. You get it's 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 better than Transformers, which I know is a low bar to clear, but but that's that's where I place it. Zell, why are you going to see Transformers? Because you, it's a thing you do. Did you see it, the last one? Yes, I did. Why? It's because he has to keep fueling the fire of Michael Bay's, you know, endless hell that we'll have to endure oh, more of these things. How, how, how did you not see it? Everybody goes and sees the Transformers no, movies. Nobody likes them, but they, they go. I did not see the last one. I could, yeah. I could, I could watch what they were doing to Optimus Prime I, no longer. I, I'm the okay, only so, one. I'm the only one in the podcast who actually yeah. saw the last Transformers movie. So okay. On a okay. scale of on a scale of Transformers one, obviously being the better of the four, if that's even possible, to I don't know which one was worse, two or three. I guess two was pretty. I liked three. It had Spock in it. 
Do not Coolers. do not diss the Transformers with Spock in it. That's just not cool. Was three the one that had the 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 fucking um? Oh damn it! What are they called? Uh, Dinobots. That was three, wasn't it? That was four. That was four. What? Oh, that's yeah. right. One. Five. We have we have yes. five Transformers movies now. Oh fuck you, Michael Bay. I was I was pretty shaky with like two wasn't bad one was pretty good three was I was like no I'm done with this and then after they had the whole riding on a T Rex with a sword I was like okay we're done like I I can't I I didn't even go and see four but I saw that clip I was like no no we're done this this is not only did you just make it stupid you like did this really lame tie-in with Beast Wars which really should have gotten its own thing because I loved that show when I was a kid and they just kind of threw it in there because it was going to be in there it just I. No, I was done after four, and no, I did not see five because I, I value my money. Jesus. Anyways. Okay, well, so while you guys were talking about big robots, the first thing I would tell you is like, uh, much like the first Pacific Rim, I think there's, if you look in the backgrounds of of the, the Pacific Rim 2 trailer, there's a fair amount of like pretty well-known actors and actresses that flip their way into these movies. Like the first one had quite a few sort of really well-known you know, uh, character actors, you know, not the least of which was, uh, uh, Jesus, uh, Hellboy, help me out, Ron Perlman. Uh, you had him in there briefly, uh, Max Martini, who you, you may not know his name, but I guarantee you'll see, you'll recognize his face every time you see him. Uh, this one's got Scott Eastwood in it, who I, I, I'm still waiting on Scott Eastwood to actually have like a big starring role in something somewhere because he's actually not too bad. He's actually a pretty, pretty decent actor and definitely. Kind of look has the has the right look. Uh, there's a there's a big discussion whether he was going to be playing uh, Nightwing at one point uh, in the DCEU. I don't. I think that's kind of died down now though. But uh, I think it'll probably be well done. John, I like John Boyega. He's pretty good. It'll be interesting to see if he can carry a movie like this. Um, but other than that, I mean, you know, big stompy robots. It's you know should be a spectacle is the way I would. I, I don't go to movies like that, you know, even the, the original Transformers to be like, you know, absolutely wowed by some, you know, like the story or, you know, some emotional connection, connection to characters or whatever. I go there for the spectacle and it, it will likely deliver probably pretty well, much like the first one. Yep, I agree. I think it'll do well in that regard. People just have to go in knowing what to expect and they'll, they'll probably deliver on it. So it should be, should be pretty good if, if that's what you're looking for. Hey, real quick. I just want to uh, hop, hop. Back to the Batman thing. I did a, a quick uh, a quick search of all the people that have played on Batman. Let me just I'm gonna just whip some names off to you. So you guys, everybody knows Kevin Conroy, sort of like the definitive uh, voice of you know Batman that many are are judged against. These are some old school heavy hitting actors right here. Ephraim Zimbalist Jr., who you know from Dynasty, uh, was Alfred Pennyworth uh, for the majority of the series. Let's see, Bob Hastings, Mary Lou Henner, uh, Julie Brown, Adam West playing the Grey Ghost, which was actually a fantastic episode. And the bad guys. This is where it gets really good. Obviously, everybody knows Mark Hamill, the Joker. Richard Mole played uh, Harvey Dent. You guys know who Richard Mole is? Uh, Bull Bull from Night Court. You've never watched Night Court? Jesus, you're not. That's right. You're 17. Uh, Fuck you. So he he was a uh, back in the '80s he was a uh, no pun intended but a big time like a B movie uh, villain actually played in a ton of different science fiction and fantasy shows as a bad guy he's like six foot eight but he came to prominence in the in the TV sitcom Night Court uh, as one of the bailiffs uh, pretty humorous let's see Paul Williams Adrian Barbeau uh, 
fantastic. John Glover, Roddy McDowell. You guys knew who that is, right? Nope. nope. Have you ever seen Clockwork Orange? Oh, yes. okay, yeah. You know who Adrian Barbeau is? No. All right, you ever seen Escape from New York? Kurt Russell style? No. Oh, my who God. Does, who does he play in Clockwork Orange? He's he's the is guy. He, is he, is he he's Alex? Pre- yeah, he's Alex. Okay. Yeah, Henry Silva, David Warner, Mark Singer from... Oh my God! You guys don't know who any of these people are. Like, if you go back and you just like whip through these, but yeah, Ron Perlman's also Matt Hagen. If you whip through a lot of these, particularly the uh, the supporting characters, it's literally a as good of a list as you will find on just about any movie. Michael York, Ed Asner, Treat Williams, Helen Slater, my God, Kate Mulgrew. You should know who that is, Zell. Of course. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Is like when you go back and look at this thing, it's it was amazing the voice talent they had on here. So anyway, sorry about my trot down memory lane. No, no, it's good stuff. Yeah, I mean it's it's crazy uh, just how involved people were with with that series and, and how well done it was. So it's always good to kind of take a look back at some of the stuff that I think sometimes gets forgotten in in comparison to all the superhero stuff going on now. When it's like there's some really good stuff back in the day, and you had some really big names working on it. So. It's all all really good stuff. But moving along, Jay, uh, Blade Runner 2049. You went and saw it this week, is that correct? I did. Do you want to give us a quick spoiler-free uh, review? <laughs> um, yeah, so one, I, we can do spoiler-free. We can talk about pretty much uh, anything that you guys would, would likely have seen or that you can infer from either the three prequel shorts that they've released uh, or in general knowledge about kind of the series universe. Uh, as for short, we can do that. I will also warn you that there is nothing short about this movie. Uh, it is two hours and 43 minutes. Uh, Ooh, so, wow. Uh, it is, um, I'm trying, I'm trying to gather my thoughts on this. I knew you were going to ask me the question, but m- my first impressions of the movie, I'm giving it nine out of 10. Uh, we can go into the details probably in the next show, like give it like one more week and go into a full, yeah. I'm going to see it. I'll see spoilers. it tomorrow. So we can, we can talk about it later. Uh, it is. Um, so here, here's what I would say. It definitively takes what happened in the original blade runner and does what not a lot of, you know, like re it's not re- not even really reboot, but is, you know, what sequels don't do well is actually move the story in the world forward in a really meaningful way and do it well. Um, this is definitely hitting all that. And it, it, it is very much, you know, I, my hat's off by the way to Dennis uh, Villanueva, the, the director of this absolutely phenomenal job. Visually it is absolutely on point. Like it is not a carbon copy of Ridley's Ridley's universe. It's literally, you can see that there was actual work put into if we started there in like 2019, how would this look in 2049? And then they, they literally, I mean, quite well done in terms of how they took a baseline, then very organically evolved it and still remained extremely true to the original movie. So visually, absolutely phenomenal cinematography and the visual effects are great, uh, which is mostly the, the environment, not so much eye popping things that go on, but it's really the environment that they, that the whole story takes place in is literally a character in and of itself, I think. The sound and music, the sound and soundtrack, also absolutely on point. Uh, they definitely took the Vangelis score and updated it, uh, modernized it, different take on it. 
and there were a couple areas where they definitely took direct notes and tones uh, the, in, in very key parts of the parts of the movie. Uh, the the story itself, uh, without getting into a, you know the spoiler stuff, was very good, really, really, really solid. It's one of those where, uh, as much as I hate to say it, it's like if you if you have if you watch it more than once, you will absolutely pick up more the next times you go through because there's some nuanced things in because I mean it's a long movie, so they can do that. Uh, particularly in terms of the storylines of what is actually going on with the replicants and and sort of uh, the psychological activities that are going on in the movie. Uh, it is definitely a story uh, that moves forward the discussion about, you know, what is human? You know, it, it definitely does that really, really well. And by and large, uh, like I said, it's, it's really good. So you've got Ryan Gosling is uh, Officer K, who is... Um, a blade, you know, a you know, a modern Blade Runner, if you will, uh, and you and he is basically drawn into a story or drawn into, um, you know, having to find. He doesn't know he's looking for Deckard at first. He's actually like going. He's actually looking for somebody entirely different. And uh, throughout the story, you you really get to learn a lot about the replicants uh, and sort of what what is you know what kind of goes on. You talk a lot about like the replicants, which are very definitively described as like a bioengineered humans. So in the original movie, it didn't quite describe what they were, but you could see that they bleed and stuff like that. So there was a lot of discussion. Like, is that really, are they kind of like the androids in aliens or are they more something else? Um, Ridley Scott did a really good job of describing what those things were, uh, you know, in the, in the interim years, so to speak. And they, and it really goes into great detail to describe them as bioengineered, you know, you know, entities basically like human clones that are customed uh, to whatever they need them to be. Uh, so that they did a good job of describing some of that and what were the problems that occurred with that. And then they also go into some really cool uh, AI discussions of what does it mean to be a non-organic entity that is maybe just a really good AI, or is it maybe actually evolving feelings and how hard it is to really tell the, the difference between the two. So overall, like the tone of the movie is really good. Uh, it is very long and it, but, but it is a, you know, I don't want to use the term beautiful movie. You know, visually it can be, but it is, it, it was well worth the two hours and 43 minutes. I will say this. There are some pretty cool tw uh, plot twists in there that you may or you may or may not see. Come one, one got me that I absolutely didn't see coming, which I thought was good. Um, but the the characters and the story really good. You don't see Harrison Ford till probably the third or fourth act, pretty deep in the movie. But it actually works really well the way they bring him in and what he does when he's on screen. So that that actually was uh, was pretty solid how they how they kind of brought him back and why they brought him back. Um, couple couple quick notes: the action scenes, which are not that many, but they're well spursed uh, throughout the movie, are extremely well done and what i will what i will say is this they give you a really good idea when you take them in the hole is like what the difference between a replicant and a human is like you can you can really see how that works so in the first movie harrison ford spent a lot of the movie getting his ass kicked i you know if you guys remember the movie he was pretty much getting beat down by every replicant that he didn't absolutely have the drop on with a gun drawn already and that's pretty accurate in this movie too. Um, and there's there's a couple interesting things like you'll in the very first part of the movie you see an action scene that is 
effectively like replicant on replicant fighting. And it's, it puzzles you at first, then you realize what was going on, but then you see a replicant fighting humans and you're like, Oh yeah, that's not even fair. <laughs> it's, it, it was, it's pretty rough. Um, so you get a good sense of what the difference between the two types of types of people are, if you will. Uh, the other thing I'd, I'd kind of say is the three shorts. Once I, now that I've seen the movie and then I went back and watched two of the shorts again, uh, I've seen all three. They're, they're really good. The anime is really good, by the way. Um, they really do add to the movie. You absolutely do not need to watch them to understand a single thing going on in the movie. Not at all. But if you watch those, it and and I'm kind of torn whether to recommend watching them before or after the movie, to be honest with you. It, they, they don't spoil anything, but there's there's like some uh, there's a couple aha moments, um, particularly in the one, the Dave Batista one, which was really good. It's only like six minutes. I think done by Scott Ridley, Ridley Scott's son. Uh, but it's it really does add a lot to that character that you don't understand. Like from where you see him in the very beginning of the movie, then he's effectively not in it, but he's mentioned several times or what he did echoes throughout the movie. After watching that, that short, that was the only one I didn't see before the movie. After watching that after the movie, everything made, it made a lot more sense and it was almost better seeing it after the movie. So that I'm, I'm trying to figure out how to describe this. Uh, any further without going into a lot of spoilers. Uh, I can probably ask, a- answer a couple of questions and keep them spoiler free, but it's uh, hands down. Absolutely. 100% recommend that you make the time to go see this movie. So um, what I'm waiting on is, uh, and this was never a problem before. I've always had people um, point out that there's something wrong, that it, it, but I've actually never seen Blade Runner. And so, my understanding is, though, that I should see Blade Runner before going to see this. And um, someone at work is probably bringing me a DVD tomorrow. Okay. That's that's the plan. I don't I don't want to just go see this and then, uh, like, would you agree? Should should you definitely? Do you need to see the first one to see the second one? Um, this the movie is good enough that you would not need to, but it will be much better. Your, the the story experience will be a lot better if you do see the if you do see the does that make sense what I said yeah that's a good answer the and and it also a little bit a little bit depends on which version of the original because there's like several different cuts the biggest difference in all honesty is whether it has a voiceover or not if it has a voiceover that's the theatrical version which is uh, was not Ridley Scott's preferred uh, preferred version. Uh, there's not a lot of difference in the scenes, but the way the voiceover describes some things and they kind of add a little bit more of a happy ending to the movie than what he intended. Uh, you'll get the gist either with either one. Uh, but it, it will definitely, once you see that movie and you could, you could probably watch that and then immediately go right into, uh, you know, Blade Runner 2049 and, and you'd be like, Oh, that makes all kinds of sense. If you want to watch this, like I said, if you want to watch the shorts, it's they're they're not bad they're they're pretty good i would actually recommend watching the 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 anime then the uh the one with jared leto and then save the dave batista one till after the movie yeah and they're like i said they're they're, they're pretty short the anime is probably about 15 minutes of actual because there's like a little intro on it right but like it's about 15 minutes and i think the uh the jared leto one's like six to eight something like that so it's, yeah 
20 minutes of your time. Um, totally worth it. Well, the anime one, probably more than either one of the other two, is really more about, let me describe to you what has happened in the world between the two movies. And, and I think it's set like in 2022. 20, yeah, three years yeah. after the original. So, so that one describes, that's really one of the biggest stage setters and what has changed in the world. The other two are much more like character exposition in a way. Yeah, and I think that, I mean, I obviously haven't seen the film itself, but the 2022 one, even the shorts will actually reference things that happened in the anime shorts. So it's probably pretty pretty good to, to check that one out. It is, yeah. it is quite good. And, and I've got to say, like, all the actors in the movie, it, they are all on point. Like, th- there's not a lot of them, but they are quite good. Like, Ryan Gosling, who is a very talented actor, is a really good actor. Um does really good. Uh, he he does he does he's pretty solid. Harrison Ford absolutely not mailing it in was looks like he actually gave a shit. Um, and then you, you've got quite a few other characters in there that are. I mean, it's a core of very very few characters that really make up the movie. But even the ones that float in and out, uh, Lenny James, the guy that voices Shax in Destiny Two, has a a pretty cool role in it. So there's a lot of small characters that kind of float in and out. That and everybody. There was not there was not a single like yeah that's kind of off or it's, it doesn't didn't go in the movie real well kind of thing but uh, all of their performances were really good even Jared Leto by the way who uh, the, my only beef with Jared Leto is not necessarily his acting but he looks like he's twenty five and he's playing a guy that's I think like sixty uh, so that was a little weird little odd. Um, and I'm not gonna. I will tell you this: like, if you you have to absolutely pay attention in the movie because the ending, like like the first one, there are some ambiguity involved in it, and you'll be like, well, what was happening with this, that, and the other, and this other person? But you you can kind of piece some of it together if you if you've been kind of picking it up as you if you've been kind of really tracking the story as you go. All right, man, that sounds pretty good. Yeah, I'm, like I said, I'm gonna go see it tomorrow. I'm I'm really excited to go check it out, especially with how good reviews it's getting. So it's. Uh... It's going to be pretty hype. So good stuff. So we'll, we'll probably double back in a week or two and kind of do a more in-depth discussion, spoilers, that sort of thing. Um, but uh, I'll be able to give my spoiler-free thoughts at the very least tomorrow. Or not tomorrow, uh, next week um, when we do the next show. Okay, so moving along to some more gaming-related news here. Uh, so as some of you may or may not be aware, uh, E-Vegas is an event that happens every year in Las Vegas. Um, and it actually started as a player-run event, just kind of a get-together. Let's all meet in Vegas and you know talk about spaceships and get drunk and that sort of thing. Uh, it's actually evolved quite a bit over the years. And uh, I actually went, um, shit, like three or four years ago. Um, it, was, it was a pretty cool experience. Uh, but... This happened this last weekend, and it actually has kind of turned into a more CCP-sponsored, um, CCP games, they make EVE Online, uh, more of a sponsored event by them. It, it actually had a very fan-fest feel to it, like a little mini fan-fest, um, and we'll get back to that in a little bit there. Uh, but they did have a, a segment for about an hour called CCP Presents, and the whole purpose of it was to kind of outline uh, some of the stuff that they're working on that's not eve online um so we're talking spark valkyrie that sort of thing i i I do want to preface when we talk about a ccp presents event though and i I think they've gotten better at this over time um but 90 percent of everything shown in ccp presents has never happened i i do i do want to point that out like that i i cannot count how many like screenshots features ideas 
I mean, there's supposed to be a TV show. There's supposed to be, um, you know, a launch, a single launcher where you could launch all your different CCP games from with one character. Um, I, I mean, they, they, they have shown off so much stuff, just stuff. Um, that I, I just like, I almost cringe when I hear CCP presents now just for that reason. (laughs) Um, but I mean, I, I think this year we are in a much better place in terms of the fact that like, you know, stuff is, is much further developed in this, in this event. Yeah. I mean, it helps that two of the four things they talked about are already released games that people are playing right now. So I mean, at least they're, they're halfway there. Right. Um, those two being uh, spark, which is the VR kind of, e-sport deal where you're you know throwing you with motion controls throwing balls down a, a, a tube and trying to block you you know back and forth kind of like a, a glorified vr pong game uh looks very cool i have not played it um but there's that and then there's also valkyrie which has obviously been out um had that recent uh, Warzone update which uh, i still need to pick up but uh those are two things i talked about but the other two um that people were a little more interested in was of course project nova um, which is the successor to Dust 514, the FPS game set in the new New Eden universe. Um, and they actually released more information than I thought they would. I kind of figured it'd be a, another, you know, yeah, we're working on it, detail soon, yada, yada. But it was actually more than that. So kind of two big points. Um, one, they, CCP has partnered with a company called Sumo Digital um, to kind of help produce the game. Uh, it's still a, it's not being outsourced to Sumo. It's it's a CCP product, but they are bringing in people to work on certain elements for what makes sense, um, which you know could have been maybe a good thing for Dust since they were completely inexperienced in FPS games um, and kind of had to learn from the ground up, which was kind of rough. So uh, pretty big news that they they've got this third party company coming in to kind of help out. Um, hopefully that can kind of uh, help things along, make it a little bit of smoother experience in the development process. Uh, Sumo Digital is kind of an interesting company. They've kind of been all over the place in terms of what they've done. Uh, there's like some work on the Little Big Planet series, uh, the Sonic Racing games. They did uh, one of the DLCs for the most recent Hitman game. And they're currently working on Crackdown 3 and Dead Island 2. So wide range of stuff that they've worked on. Uh, not a ton of stuff within the realm of a first-person shooter, which is potentially a little concerning. Um, but given that they're kind of working on combat oriented games, especially with like crackdown three coming out, um, that could be kind of a direction that they are trying to take their company. So they might have people that are a little more experienced in that as part of the company working on those sorts of things. So, um, I do invite you to kind of check out sumo digital and, and, kind of get your, your thoughts and feel on it. And then they, they, they're not a new company by any means. They have lots of experience working on games, uh, just not, a lot of FPS experience. So you can take that for what you will. I'm, I'm really interested to know what part of this they'll be doing as opposed to what CCP is doing internally, you know? Um, Cause this, this could be a very good thing. Um, you know, as CCP's strength is not in, you know, first person shooters, obviously. Um, and if they're going to outsource some of the things that they are historically bad at getting done, right. Um, great. Um, I've also seen this sort of thing backfire. Um, I think because uh, one of the one of the cases was uh, Star Citizen's first person shooter was basically outsourced, and then they had to rewrite it from scratch when they got it back because it didn't meet up with any of their needs or expectations that they had set out. Um, so uh, this sounded very collaborative. Uh, I know Rotati said that uh, they had been working with them for a, a while so far, so it sounds like a close partnership. 
Yeah, and, 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 kind of, and that's kind of the point Rattati was kind of making in the Dust Veteran Discord channel is that it's not like they just handed them this project and said, hey, make us a shooter. It's definitely a, we're working together um, to produce this, you know, hand in hand, you know, us doing our thing, you doing your thing. And I mean, let's be honest, traditionally CCP excels at, you know, kind of metagame design, sandbox development, social tools, that sort of thing. They're not great at making shooters, as we've seen. Um, even Eve Online, which is of course their their bread and butter, has very little like actual like aiming involved. <laughs> it's all kind of lock on it and fire. It's it's of course the spreadsheets and space game. Um, so if they can outsource that sort of thing to Sumo, and if they're the ones that are actually like hammering home all of you know all of that part of it, that'd be great. And then if CCP can focus on the you know the New Eden sort of stuff. Um, that kind of falls in line with the move to Iceland when they picked up the project from Shanghai and moved to Iceland. It's kind of getting closer to, you know, that sort of thing where, you know, if you've got to talk to a lore guy, you can just walk down the hall and talk to him. It's a lot simpler. Um, and uh, Sumo is actually, I believe, in uh, the UK. So that yeah. also puts them in the same time zone to work with them. Which I'm sure <laughs> helps a lot. I know there's lots of complaints from people um, involved with Dust about, you know, 4 a.m. conference calls because they got to, you know, talk to some guy on the other side of the planet. So um, overall, I think this is probably a positive thing. Um, I think that if they are indeed working in a very collaborative manner, if they are, you know, actually working hand in hand and it's not just a hand them the box full of parts and say, you know, give us a game back, um, which sounds kind of like what they did with Star Citizen and the, spa the Space Marine thing. Um, I think it could it could be a, a much improved development experience as compared to what Dust was. So that's, that's a positive. Other big piece of news is that, um, and this one actually really surprised me. I was pretty shocked by this. Hilmar basically said this is set to be released in 2018, um, which is way sooner than I thought. If you said 2019, I'd be like, okay, yeah, that makes sense. Um, just because I'm kind of going off of Dust development cycle and how long the beta lasts and that sort of thing. So um, kind of surprising that it is 2018, but you know that's, that is what was officially stated there. Um, who knows if they'll actually hit that or not, but you know, I, I won't complain about it getting it sooner as long as they don't sacrifice quality to hit you know, some arbitrary timeline that they've set, you know, I'd rather they wait, you know, don't do these stupid, like push your release earlier than it should be. So you can hit May 14th as a release date. So it can be cute and be on 5.14. I'm just saying, um, <laughs> but you know, if, if, if they are developing in a pace or they are at a place where um, they can hit that 2018 time slot, I'm not going to complain, but don't rush it. It's kind of my big thing. Okay, so the other one that they produced, or they're talking about at CCP Presents, was Project Aurora. And I had to laugh at this one. Like, I laughed pretty hard at this one. Um, it's a cell phone game, and that's fine. You know, I, I think that people have kind of been talking about having an EVE cell phone game for quite a while. Uh, it's meant to be kind of this condensed EVE experience where it's more of kind of like a, a tactics move your ship along the board, that sort of thing. Um, but it's kind of got the same sort of meta and that sort of thing that you would have with EVE Online, um, which is cool. You know, that's, that's pretty neat. It's multiplayer and you can kind of fight each other and that sort of thing. Um, but let me know if this sounds familiar. So the end goal of the game is to reach the center of the galaxy to find an untold power and ultimate influence. Does that sound familiar to anything like that we've seen before? <laughs> that totally doesn't sound like No Man's Sky. Like, like, like I, I, I don't know how many... Fucking knew that they thought of. Like, like how many planets are in EVE Online? Is it like 18 
something quintillion, something like that. And it's um, procedurally generated, and you will never run into anybody else in the entire game. Because ever. it's not designed to do that. No, I'm, I'm joking, of course, but... Oh, you are? <laughs> the, um, the art style in of itself, if you look at the screenshots, is actually very similar to No Man's Sky. It's a very um, stylized, geometric, bright oranges and blues and that sort of thing. Like It looks like a turn-based No Man's Sky set in the EVE universe, which is, is hilarious. Um, but it is indeed multiplayer. It's intended to be multiplayer. Um, it's kind of a tactics game. Honestly, it looks kind of cool. Um, I like. I'm not a big fan of like actiony games on the cell phone. I like tactics games that are a little slower paced, where I can, you know, I can pause the game. I can take my time. I don't have to be, you know, trying to mash my oversized fingers on a tiny little cell phone screen. So I'm actually to keep my eye on this one. This looks kind of neat, um, and I would kind of like a simplified, more approachable Eve experience where I can kind of get some of that, you know, cool spaceship stuff, but not uh, have to, you know, go the whole hardcore. EVE Online experience, so I think it should be pretty good. Um, and the big part of this one is that, again, they are partnering with a third party. Uh, PlayRaven is the company they're working with um, to kind of work and develop the cell phone game. Uh, you know, it's it's a good, it's got a good list of stuff. They actually went over quite a few mechanics and details that I'm not going to get into right now. Um, it is available on the stream. We'll have a link to that. Uh, and also some Twitter uh, feeds kind of showing some of the more key slides that, uh, that they were showing off to, to kind of explain how the gameplay actually works. Um, the neat part is, is that the closed alpha is actually available this weekend for people um, on Android and iOS who were attendees of eVegas. So if you were at eVegas, I assume you already saw this, but uh, you will get hands-on experience with it during this weekend. So that's, that's pretty cool. Um, as for the rest of us, no timeline when it actually will be available to test, but at the very least, we'll probably get some feedback from those who are actually at the event on how it plays, that sort of thing. It's a closed like pre-alpha, so it's going to be like absolute hell if you've ever been to pre-alpha. They're, they're messy as shit, um, but it will be good to see people actually giving it a shot and, and kind of talking about it. Um, I, I Actually, I was looking at Play Raven's website, and it looks like they've made like four previous games. Um the uh the best thing is where it says upcoming project project aurora and you can tell that it's actually said project aurora for uh, a while here before before the weekend announcement because it says play raven is currently working with a high profile partner on project aurora an original and currently unannounced mobile ftp free to play release based on a famous game ip <laughs> that's funny does it show any screenshots or is it no just no 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 it's 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 just text and like um a Part of their logo is like part of the background. That's cool. That's that's pretty funny. But uh, yeah, it looks it looks interesting. I'm I'm not usually a huge cell phone game kind of guy. There's only a few that I actually really latch on to. But this like looks like it could have some promise. So I'm gonna keep my eye on that one, and uh, we'll we'll continue to cover it because um, you know we do a lot of CCP stuff, so it should be good. Um, I I think that Jadic needs to start scouring the entire internet for any game company that ever announces anything. It has anything listed on their website starting with the word project because it may indicate an <laughs> unannounced collaboration with CCP. Oh my gosh! Yeah, no, it's <laughs> that's pretty funny. So yeah, Project Aurora. Uh, keep your eyes out for that one. Uh, looks pretty interesting. So. That was the thing that they had at the CCP Presents, and I do hope that both of those projects actually, you know, make it to completion and not fall to the CCP Presents uh, curse of, of yeah. dying at some unknown date. I mean, I think at the point that they're uh, letting people install it on their phones to try it, um, you know, I, I, th I think this is probably very, very far along. Um, 
I, I don't think it'll be long until people can play it probably very early into next year for Aurora. Um, and, and my hope is that Nova is, is there's gotta be a point where they just say, we've spent so much money on this. We have to, really, we, we have to keep making it. I mean, well, it, yeah, that if, works if you're, for the F35, man. <laughs> I mean, if you're bringing in a third party company and, and actively paying and working with them to develop a game, your chances are you're fairly committed at that point. Um, it's a lot easier, I think, to to eat the cost of its internal rather than you know getting other companies involved and, and going into basically what appears to be full production at this point. So um, you know we'll keep an eye on that. And there is a lot of information that CCP Rattati has been dropping uh, in the Dust Discord channel uh, regarding the project. Some more details on you know design and that sort of thing. Um, I'm still working on kind of building a you know, compilation. I've been doing the transcripts, but I do kind of want to put together a more condensed, you know, straight explanation of this is what the plan is rather than having people dig through a, a giant wall of text because it's getting it's getting really lengthy now, the, the, the transcript. So I'm going to try to condense everything, uh, make a video, hopefully um, just kind of outlining this is the design that they're going with right now, the current plan based off of what we know, uh, and get that released in the coming weeks here. So keep an eye out for that. Uh, but uh, if you're hungry in the meantime, you can either join the Discord and search for posts by CCB Rotati, or you can go to biomass.com and get all of the transcript updates uh, on there. I need to get the ones from this last week up, but uh, everything prior to that is available right now on the website. It's actually pinned to the front page, so it's really easy to find. So speaking of other space-related games, Zell, our resident star citizen junkie, uh, what's going on with 3.0? Um, this is the money, one money, that... money, 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 money! This is the update that we talked about uh, supposedly coming out in August, and it is now October, and uh, it has now finally uh, been released to a small group of players. So that's that's exciting to me. Let, let me guess, is that small group of players, is that selected based on like the dollar amount that they spent on the game previously? Partially. So tell us, Partially. how is it? So, um, no, I have not spent anywhere near enough money to be in this group. Um, but, uh, know that uh, there are some, I believe who are in there by the, like, I think like some of the, the crazy, like the Denny level people are in there. And then a lot of them are actually, they have a, they have a issue tracker that's public. And what they do is, um, they take like the highest, the most, uh, prolific bug reporters who are actively involved in testing and giving feedback about the game get to join this group so you kind of have like the 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 evocati which is the name that they've given to the the group of people who get the first test of every so every build this, is, so is this kind of like scientology where once you get to that level you have to just sign your bank account over to them no um but and as i said there's a there's a lot of people there that are, are just they get there by testing so you have like you have pokies and then you have like Denny's. So you have like Denny's and Pokies in the Evocati group. Get it? Oh, yes. goodness. <laughs> and the thing is, Evocati actually sounds like a social, a, a Scientology rank. So I think it's in there. <laughs> like it really, it I, really honestly does. <laughs> I was actually, I was reading an explanation of what it, it means. It's, it's like, um, it's something about like a Roman soldier who's like done their time, their required service, and then joins back up because they want to help the cause instead of, you know, out of any obligation to do so or something like that. It's kind of like you were talking about before, where if you're like so invested in something because you spent so much money on it that you pretty much have to be involved. It's kind of like that, right? <laughs> yes. Yes, it is. Okay. Um, 
That's pretty but, good stuff, though. But yeah, so the the cool thing is, is that this is the you know this there's no public videos of of this play yet. Uh, but it me once it's you know released to players, it's generally not too much longer until everybody else gets to play it. So sounds like good stuff. You'll have to let us know how it is once you get your hands on it. Okay, so. I have to do our obligatory Destiny 2 update. This one won't be too long. I don't think we'll, we'll dive too deep into it. But uh, So Victory Week for the Faction Rally is closing up, uh, I guess tomorrow, actually. Uh, so if you were involved with the Faction Rally and you want to kind of get in and picking up the reward, I think uh, Dead Orbit actually won. They got their scout yep, rifle out there, so did. if you want to pick it up. Um, I don't particularly like it but you know if you're a huge fan of scout rifles you can go take a look at the stats and then see what you got but uh, you've got till basically monday night to uh, to go grab it so uh, keep that in mind however when the victory week is ending a uh, new update is starting iron banner is returning uh between october 10th and the 17th uh, a little different than what we're used to in destiny one so to kind of rewind in destiny one uh, iron PvP is normally um, level synced in that it, it doesn't take your light level or your power level into account. Everyone has the same stats um, with some minor variations based on how you kind of done your build, but everyone is on equal footing. The Iron Banner in Destiny 1 was an attempt to kind of turn that balancing mechanic off and, and give players the chance to kind of show off, hey, I got to light level 305 and you're at 300, so I've got a slight advantage over you. Uh, and it was, it was kind of interesting. Uh, the, the differences were fairly minor as long as you were kind of close to that top tier. If you were like 50 levels lower, then yeah, you're going to get your butt kicked. But uh, as long as you were kind of keeping up and, and, and getting towards the end game, you were in pretty good shape. Uh, Destiny 2, uh, Bungie has kind of implied that your power level doesn't actually matter. Um, it, it does. It's still going to keep you level synced. It's exactly the same as normal PvP. Um, which is kind of weird because it's supposed to be an event uh, and it's it's going to be really no difference to the gameplay. The only really main things you're going to see is that the uh, excuse me the playlist for PvP is going to be uh, control mode only. Uh, normally you kind of get sent into a roulette of what mode you get, but if you join the Iron Banner uh, playlist, you will get only control for Iron Banner. Um, as you play, you will receive Iron Banner tokens, which you can turn into Lord Saladin, um, who usually does the Iron Banner stuff. Uh, which kind of ranks him up, and he gives you engrams when you rank up. So I imagine it's very similar to what you're used to with Vanguard, Shax, the Gunsmith, that sort of thing. Just give materials, get engrams, uh, and then the engrams will contain, you know, various Iron Banner themed gear. Uh, if you want to see, we'll have a link on the uh, the description for this podcast where you can go to Bundy's website and see exactly what gear you can get. Uh, no stats, but at least you can see visually what it looks like. Yeah, it's um, pretty slick looking there. The Iron Banner yeah. stuff usually is, I, I remember that was definitely some of my favorite looking armor in, uh, in D1. They've got the pictures of the, of the, there's only, there's basically the Iron Banner for like Warlock Titan and, uh, and Hunter. They, they look pretty solid. They're, they're a little, they're definitely a little different than they, than the D1 ones, but they're, they're pretty solid looking. I, I was kind of impressed by them actually. Yeah, and I think that's you know kind of the direction they're going with this Iron Banner event. It's not going to be about having a higher power level. It's basically, hey, we've got some really cool exclusive gear you can get if you play this playlist for this week. Um, and that's pretty much it. Uh, not really sure how I feel about that, but like Jay said, the Iron Banner gear is 
it looks really solid. It's got a really cool kind of green and gold motif. And, and like I said, if you go to the website, you can actually see they've got like a little animation of each character spinning in their Iron Banner gear. So you can get a little preview of what to kind of expect. Or you can just check it out in-game uh, once the event actually drops. So, so I, I got to ask, Pogi, what, like, now that we've been playing for a little while, like, with this latest info on Iron Banner, do you feel like Destiny 2 is much, is maybe a little too simplified uh or i'm simplified maybe not the right word but you know you, you know what i'm going for it's like yeah we're, we're, we're getting close but not quite to the participation trophy level in some areas of destiny 2. i i feel like as a general trend they are moving away from the rpg feel of the game um more often your light level doesn't really matter so your end game progression of leveling up your light doesn't really matter. Um, it's important in certain stuff, like the Nightfall, uh, the Raid, but with it being pointless in even Iron Banner and PvP, it's like, okay, um, the progression itself is extremely simplified. I feel like they're trying to keep this veneer of, oh yeah, we're this looter RPG shooter, but it's really just, uh, you're basically playing a standard shooter. and it's It's a well-done shooter. I won't say Destiny 2 is a bad game. Uh, but I feel that a lot of the RPG elements, that the character building, you know, that's just kind of going away. Like, it's there, but it doesn't mean anything, um, which is really disappointing. I, I really wanted more of that, not less of it. So, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of crappy in that regard. Hmm. Yeah, I was, I was kind of feeling that way, too. I, I think what, what I'm starting to see after having tried to... I tried the Nightfall last night. It mean uh, Dante run the Nightfall, the, another guy. The 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 difficulty and power jump from anything else. You, it's it's there's like a it's binary. There's either you can do this or God help you. There and there's nothing in between. Uh, is is kind of what my feeling is. So that like uh, if you're kind of a normal player and you feel like you're rocking this thing all the way through, you can get in, you can do some do okay in Crucible. Uh, and I think if they go into Iron Banner, which is basically going to be regular Crucible with different rewards, um, it's I think you get a, a different sense of how the game is played. And then uh, you get into Trials, or you get into some of some of the Nightfalls, and then definitely in the Raid, it's it is a very significant difficulty jump uh, to the point where if you've all if there's no way to increment it, you know what I mean? And I've seen more people getting aggravated and ragey over it than you normally do and i think that's because there's no it doesn't feel like there's an in there's that stair step up to certain to some of those areas if that makes sense yeah and i mean the, the nightfall is a good example because um for those of you who don't play destiny 2 um in destiny 1 the nightfall was very high difficulty you die very quickly um sort of thing and it ended up in people usually kind of finding cheesy ways of kind of hiding inside like a box or something and instantly picking away at the boss because difficulty scaling was just poorly done in destiny 2 however it's not necessarily like if you can figure out how to win it's that there's a hard time limit and if you fail to meet that time limit you lose and it's it's a tight time limit like i felt like when when me and my brother dante and another friend of ours were going through the nightfall the other night we were like solid just rocking very steady pace not dying and we like beat it with like 20 seconds on the clock and we were like way above the power level of what they wanted so it's like if you make like one bad mistake you're basically screwed like start over um that's very frustrating when you get like 
75% of the way through, you have a bad room, you lose five minutes, you might as well give up before you even try, you know? Um, and that's, that's unfortunate. Um, and that's where, like, like I said, there's instances where the power level does matter. And then it almost matters too much at that point, because it's like, unless you're absolutely obliterating, obliterating everything, you've got this like absurdly binary, you know, you either fail or you succeed and you can tell before you've even failed that you're going to fail, which is not a very rewarding mechanic. No one likes to feel like I have no chance of winning this. It's not that I died at the last minute. It's that even if I play perfectly from this point on, I'm still going to lose, which is not a good feeling, you know? Yeah. The, I'm one of the things I've been seeing that's uh, about the, you know, the, the general thought of uh, difficulty level. I don't mind a timer. What I mind is, like you said, it's that you either get something or you don't. And it's, I think it discourages people from, uh, from kind of exploring how they want to play the game, which was sort of kind of the, the thing about Destiny is like this, hey, you can figure out how to play this game how you want. It's a shooter, but you can kind of figure out how to do it. And uh, I think they should, I think some of the nightfalls being timed, that could make some sense or certain parts of the certain, because usually they're done in phases, you know, there's like, three, four, five phases of the mission that you're doing. Some of those being timed to make sense, not the entire thing or having some of the, so in the old nightfalls, basically if you all died, then you got kicked back to orbit. You know, you, you got kicked, you, you basically your team lost, but as long as somebody was alive and you could, uh, you could revive people or you could do, you could kind of fight on and continue the fight. That to me made more sense. And, and I could see like a prestige version or you get increased rewards for beating the clock, something like that. But I, I think that that just drives a lot of people to um, very different styles of gameplay. And, and I will say this, the one thing Destiny, like other than the fact that they generally don't have a good power meter in terms of Destiny 2 anyway, how it, it, there's not really a good power meter to it. Like, I don't know how they judge how the, the recommended power levels for a given activity, but it's, it's incredibly crazy. I would pay straight cash money. Like I have not yet. I've looked for it. I haven't seen it. If there's a video of somebody at, of a group at the bare minimum, whatever the recommended bare minimum light level or power level is for an activity that doesn't, doesn't get just clocked. Um, particularly the night falls or the raid. Like that is outrageous. Um, so, and I think that contributes to some of that, a little bit of the community frustration. So if you get somebody that doesn't really key it into how the power levels work real well, and they're like, oh, well, I'm 240, I should be able to do this. And they bounce into that and they just get hammered. That's, that's a, that's a tough, uh, it's kind of a tough way to work with your, with your paying audience. Yeah, no, and kind of what you just explained there with the, you know, you kind of lose the ability to explore different ways of completing a task. I think that's kind of part of the losing a lot of the RPG elements is that it's it's not about choice. It's more about what is optimal. And that works for some games like, um, like some like MMOs, you know, you've got that like optimal build. Like if you're doing super ultra high level stuff, you know, you want to be like, toned in on this class with this kind of character and this kind of build. But I feel like too much of that seeps into other parts where it's like, I feel like certain classes don't work simply because of these arbitrary limitations they've put on different activities um, or certain ways of playing or certain types of weapon just don't cut it, um, which is a little frustrating because I feel like you, you lose the choice of what you 
get to do and you're just kind of expected to pick whatever's best and just go with it. And I mean, that may sound like common sense, but you know, I don't think it's the kind of game people necessarily wanted. They wanted something where, Hey, we've got all these classes and these powers and you can pick and choose what you want. And Bungie comes in and says, well, actually we don't let you pick and choose what you want. We're going to kind of pre can this stuff. Um, and we're going to tone down the exotics and kind of make it a little more, a little more vanilla and what you can do. And it's pretty much just like have the best gun and you're good to go. Uh, which I think takes a lot of charm out of the game, which is, like you said, Jay, I think a, a big point of frustration is that it feels very, like, simplified, kind of, but it's just very, like, super focused on this is how you're supposed to do it and don't deviate because you're going to suffer if you try to do it any other way. Yeah, I mean, that being said, I mean, it's the, you know, P- uh, play- Sony, rather, uh, they released their numbers, and it's by far the, the number one digital digital download right now. Uh, like for the last month or so on uh, on PS4, so I mean they're 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 doing well. They're I mean they're putting a lot of I mean they're putting a lot of product out, but I think this one in, in a weird way feels a lot like you know the RPG stuff aside, which I'm totally with you. I like flexibility more than anything on these games. I do think that um, the game right now, if their DLC, if their like season pass stuff is on point, that that's what's gonna really make or break this. And it's not because the main game sucks or anything. It's, it's clearly setting up for like follow on chapters to be, to be released. Um, so I'm kind of interesting to see how they do with that. So if they, if they add content at a regular basis that drives you to want to play, I think that's cool. And interestingly enough, the, the recent Bungie, you know, this week in Bungie, they, they, they pulled out one of their, one of their community guys is getting a hell of a lot of heat right now because he basically describes that, uh, and I think this, I, I truly believe this was an absolutely innocuous statement. And when you read it in context, it was like, he's, you know, he's, he's trying to say something very positive. Uh, but as many internet trolls will do, they took that grain of salt and turned it into a mountain of shit. Um, it, he basically said, Hey, friendship is part of the end game, which, and what he was trying to describe. And I think he did an okay job of it. Uh, but you know, easily was twisted was, Part of what makes Destiny a thing is because it's based on cyclic behavior, on cyclic events and activity. It's about, it's not about grinding every day and every night for the random, the perfect RNG of X auto rifle or whatever, because they've leveled all that out. It was about getting your people together and playing, hey, let's do the raid this week. So you, you kind of get this impression that their their idea of the end game was you play about five, six hours a week with your friends every single week on point, you know, like, like clockwork. Can you kind of refer to as like your weekly ritual with your friends or something like that? That was, and the game sort of plays like that too. Like if you played this thing like every single night, it would get frustrating because there's start running out of shit to do. But if you did it like every week, like, Hey, it's uh, let's hit the nightfall this week or Hey, let's do this. Let's do that. It's very much in that tone. And so he says this, you know, more or less than the last Bungie in the, this week in Bungie. And he is getting torched uh, because people are like, well, that, you know, I didn't, you know, I didn't buy the game game to make friends. I bought the game, to play the game, you know, that kind of bullshit. Um, so it's, it's kind of unfortunate. They're definitely taking a different version, a different view of the game than the original one was. Um, but it, it's, there's a lot of great baseline here that they can build on. They just need to kind of, I think as they go, they'll tweak it. I mean, the game's, game's been out less than a month. So I think as they go, things will, that first big update pass that they do will probably be pretty telling in terms of what direction they want to go in. 
Yeah, and uh, that's pretty fair. And, and I, I totally hear what the, the community guy is trying to say. I mean, hell, look at it. it it's a story I've heard a million times about Dust514. Is people said, I would have stopped playing long ago if it wasn't for the people I was playing with, um, which is absolutely true. I think that the social element is a big part of what makes it appealing. I mean, hell, this podcast started as a Dust514 podcast. Obviously, not something we really cover anymore since the game is gone. But it's the people here, you know, you guys, that keeps us coming back, you know, every week to keep doing this thing, even though the original reason we started is long gone. So I can totally see what the community guy is getting at. Um, I think that Shade being thrown at him for that is probably a little unfounded, even if people are frustrated, because I think he raises a good point. But, uh, you know, like you said, um, biggest update, they always have these big updates. Um, it, it will show exactly where they want to go with it. Um, and especially the DLC, I think uh, Curse of Osiris is coming out sometime in December, so a couple months from now. Uh, that'll probably kind of show, again, how do they plan to update, what level of content are they bringing, what size of content. Um, and that'll probably be obviously comparisons to the original Destiny 1 in terms of, you know, is there more? That sort of thing. Uh, so I, I look forward to seeing how Bungie handles ongoing support. Um, we complain about it, but that's probably because you know I like enjoying. I, I enjoy the game. It's a good game, um, and I think part of that enjoyment is why you know we get passionate about the parts we don't like, um, which is important. So uh, don't don't think that my complaints are are, are complaint that the game is a bad game. It's a, it's a pretty good game. I just want to see it do even better. So um, pretty good stuff, and we'll of course continue to, to follow this. Um, Moving forward, and uh, you know, we'll we'll kind of see how Iron Banner pans out, and if it's if it's cool or if it's just kind of you know kind of the same thing. But uh, you know, it's uh, we'll give it a shot and then see how it goes next week. Speaking of other events, uh, Overwatch is going to have their Halloween event coming soon. We got a few more weeks here. Um, I don't play Overwatch, but I did see some of the leaked costumes that they've got going on for the event. Looks really spot on, like the Zenyatta Cthulhu skin awesome stuff like they look really cool um are you guys still playing overwatch i know i know zell was was heavy on it for a while there i'm i'm more into the heroes of the storm side of things okay. so yeah i duck in and i duck in and out uh pretty routinely it's uh you, you know kind of a go-to that you can kind of mix it up you can just drop in play a few matches here and there i i actually do and all like this this event the halloween event i will Definitely, I usually get back in when they have their seasonals, just because I like like trying to score some of the new skins and stuff like that. The, they the, usually give you a stuff. free loot box at the beginning of every event yeah, too, yeah. so it's 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 at least you stop in and check. And and so and like I said, they're they're they are generally all executed very well. They look good, play good. Uh, you know, it's it's an easy game to hop into and get like two three matches and and you're off. And the the Halloween event's a lot of fun. That's one of the uh, yeah. that's one of the PVE events that they put in. All right, sounds pretty good. So yeah, we'll we'll get a link to the, some of those as well. They are they are pretty pretty fun to look at, even if you're not a uh, Overwatch player. So be sure to check those out. Uh, other news: Star Wars Battlefront Two open beta is now available for PS4, Xbox One, and PC. Uh, we'll get a link in the description for that if you want to go check it out. Um, are you any of you guys going to be interested in that game? Or I will be downloading that uh, right after the show. Okay, cool. You'll have to let us know which what you one, think. Uh, Star Wars Battlefront Two. Oh yeah, no, I'm I, I I've got that on pre-order for me and my son, and I've I'm kind of consciously staying away from the beta to be honest with you, uh, just to, to kind of let that play out and then uh, jump on it when it comes out. What next month? I think. Well, to let us know. It's uh, I I hope that they make some improvements on it since the first one was kind of eh, but admittedly that one got pushed out way too early they even admitted to that so i think this one they've taken a little more time with it uh, i do hope it goes well because the game looks absolutely gorgeous like 
honestly, like whatever engine that they've developed for that thing is top notch. I'm very impressed with it. So I, I hope it goes. I hope it's good enough that I can actually be roped into actually picking it up. Um, so uh, be good to to check that one out and see how it goes. What uh, what game modes do you get to play for that for that beta? Do you know? Ooh, let me look real quick here. I think what it's. It? Uh, I, I was reading something about it. It's like an eight v eight kind of skirmish style. I think there's also a dogfighting uh, thing you can do in the beta to give it a shot, so you can try the space combat as well. Oh shit! There's yeah. Space yeah. combat. Oh, oh yes. Yeah. Oh it my looks, god! It yeah. looks legit. Is it like? Did you, did you not play the first one? No, I didn't play the first Battlefront. Oh, game. dude. I played the only Battlefront games Babies. I played were OG Battlefront One and Battlefront Two. No, 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 no. Trust me, <laughs> way different, way different. Yeah, the first. So the first one, uh, Star Wars Battlefront, huh? it absolutely knocks out of the park the whole Star Wars motif, sound, music, characters, mm-hmm. blah blah blah. That's what it, I've heard. It's really, really good. Uh, zero story, PvP only. Uh, several different modes on the ground, in the air, and the air and the space combat's actually pretty solid it's really good it's pretty solid uh this is this definitely looks like it's pushing both of those um those aspects in a different in a in a further direction and they've kind of put a little bit more emphasis on the space combat which again was absolutely not bad it was pretty solid they're making it looks like they're trying to make it better uh and they've definitely uh added some single player campaign feel to it where there's more story and flavor going on which was pretty much not not a thing in the uh, in the first one. I can, I'm really surprised that you did not play the play the first one, man. No, I didn't. No, I didn't. Um, so, like by space combat, do you mean like is it like uh, 2005 Battlefront Two where you're in space and you can land on the on the opposing side ship and whatnot? No, it's your your it's like straight dogfighter type stuff. Oh, hmm. Now you no. can you can like interact with the air and the ground like. People on the ground can shoot you, and you can shoot them. But you're not. You. I remember what you're talking about, where you'd like physically land in the uh, yeah. in, in the, the thing that runs through there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not doing that. Well, I don't know. I don't know. It, you weren't doing that in the first Star Wars. They may or may not have it in the second one. It, it's. I'm not sure. Yeah, I haven't yeah, seen I haven't. anything that shows that, so I, I don't. Huh. I don't. I don't think so. Um, I haven't been following it too closely, but I. I imagine if that it was going to be in there, they would have shown it you know in the trailer so i yeah. don't think that's in there but okay. it still looks legit man like the dog fight looks yeah. really good are they are you going to be able to play on that feed map that they showed uh during uh e3 because that map as far as Which i can one? tell feed the one on naboo no they were playing on takardana oh. i think that's i think that's the one you're in the beta on that's stupid i want to play on feed man i think that <laughs> that map is like a one-to-one pull from 2005 battlefront 2 which is a fucking fantastic map. Well, give it a shot. Let us know what you think. I'm, I'm curious yeah, to see how the yeah. beta plays. And how long does that beta run for? Oh, you're killing me. Hey, man, you're the one who brought it up. This is what happens when we have to Google stuff to answer Bates' questions. Well, I mean, yeah. The question is, is it, is it, is it Bates' fault for asking the question, or is it Pokey's fault for uh, not already having it's the not already having it. I, I normally always have the, the release date on these uh-huh. things. Um, so it runs until October 9th, so you have till tomorrow, bait, and everyone else will. God <laughs> damn it. <laughs> so you better and get if, you're watching, if you're listening to the show, it's already over. It's done. Yes, but the full game does come out November 17th, so you won't have to wait too much longer. We're, we're getting there, but uh, yeah. So. Maybe they'll have it's another a, beta. It's possible. They they might do another another round. I think the first one might have done that. I think there was two rounds. I think there were two. 
Because I think I remember not trying the second one after I did the first. Okay. So, yeah, try that tomorrow, today or tomorrow and let us know. So another news, uh, Chris Avalone. Uh, this is a guy who was heavily involved in Fallout 2 and Fallout New Vegas. Uh, he actually teased some interesting images on his Twitter account showing uh, Vault Boy, which is kind of the uh, mascot for the Fallout series. Um, one was uh, Vault Boy with his hand on... Uh, on the RPG Bible, like a little book is an RPG Bible. Uh, there's one where he was kind of had his, he's poking his own brain, thinking about stuff, and there's one where he was reading something that just said the plot. Um, and this actually coincides with the 20th anniversary of the original Fallout. Um, but he also followed up with another little cartoon of himself hugging the Vault Boy, saying, "I've missed you so much." Uh, so speculation is that he might be actually teasing a new Fallout game, um, which would be really really cool um new vegas he did new vegas was my absolute favorite fallout game um i love them to take the fallout 4 engine and make like a more new vegas style because new vegas is very heavily rpg um centric make that kind of game but with like the fallout 4 engine would be absolutely top notch um so again this is kind of one of those rumors but it was kind of an interesting thing. You can kind of check out his Twitter page and, and kind of see for yourself. But, uh, ooh, fingers crossed. I'd love to see a new Fallout game come out. I feel like it's a little too early in the development cycle of, of how Bethesda does their shit to be teasing a new Fallout game. But maybe but they're, they're, so, they're so busy selling paid mods that aren't paid mods. They're mini DLC. Yeah, but, like, we haven't even gotten a tease <laughs> for the next Elder Scrolls game. And typically it's, it's, it's Elder Scrolls and Oh, then you haven't heard, have you? What? Um, they were asking them about Elder Scrolls, Elder Scrolls Six, which would be the next one after Skyrim. Mm-hmm. And they basically yeah. said the fans yeah. really want it, and yeah. Bethesda said the fans' wishes don't dictate what we do. Yeah, fuck you, Bethesda. Because they're like, listen, guys, we know you want Elder Scrolls Six, but we we're really working on getting Skyrim ported to the Nest thermostat. Like, like, that's fuck. really important to us. Yeah, fuck you, Bethesda. <laughs> so, so yeah, no, yeah, yeah. Keep fog, saying man. that as you. Continue to make it rain in their wallets. So yeah, you're not you're not going to be getting a you're not going to be getting Elder Scrolls Six for a while. Like they aren't even considering working on it. They don't even care. They're too busy porting, porting Skyrim, Skyrim to everything. everything. It's not. Sorry, baby. Get the next model rot to be able to play fucking Skyrim. All right. So moving along, uh, one last thing before we kind of close this up. Uh, so last week we talked about McDonald's bringing back the Mulan Szechuan dipping sauce in lieu of Rick and Morty fans basically annoying the hell out of them. So I was really excited for this. I'm like, I'm going to go do it. It's going to be great. And the way that McDonald's presented it was was an extremely limited quantity nationwide. And I thought, okay, so they'll have like maybe like a day's worth at every McDonald's so you can go give it a shot. What it actually is is that I can only speak for Arizona because that's where I live. Only four McDonald's in the entire state of Arizona were actually getting the dipping sauce. Two in the Phoenix area and two in the Tucson area, which is about two hours away. And each McDonald's that was getting it was getting exactly 20 packets of it. Like, that's it. <laughs> For the whole day? The whole For the whole day, they get 20 <laughs> packets of it. And so that'll be gone in, you know, six seconds. I was the lucky one that found out about this and said, screw it, I'm not going. Because the closest one to me was on the ASU college campus, and come on, it's, it's a bunch of college students, they all watch Rick and Morty, that shit wasn't going to happen. So I said, I'm not going to bother, whatever. There were people literally lined up outside McDonald's near my house, waiting for this shit when they opened this morning. And so you got like 50 very angry people who want their Mulan Szechuan dipping sauce, and it does not exist for 30 miles and 
there wouldn't have been enough for all of them anyway. So people were kind of losing their shit over it. There like, was like chanting and like I heard there were places that the police got called because there were like protest chants outside the McDonald's. Yeah, so yeah, it got so, so bad that McDonald's has now issued an official statement saying, okay, guys, don't worry. We're going to bring it back later this winter in, like, a lot more of it. Like, you know, enough where you don't have to worry about waiting in line that you can just go and get it. So basically people, <laughs> like, they feel very strongly about Mulan Szechuan dipping sauce. And I don't think McDonald's quite understood the scale of what was going on here. Like, that there would be hundreds of people at locations vying for this stuff. And so they didn't really put out enough of it to matter. Um, but I think hopefully, you know, when winter comes around later this year, uh, they will send out enough that I can actually go and not have to like, you know, stage dive into a group of people to actually get some of this stuff. So my, my understanding is like, and I haven't ever had any, um, does, does any, is, is anyone under the belief that it's actually good sauce? It doesn't matter. That's the point. No one cares. <laughs> It's probably awful. It's like the McRib. You want it because you can't get it, and then when you get it, you're like, oh. <laughs> it doesn't matter. The whole point is that people want their, their Szechuan dipping sauce. And I guarantee you pretty much everyone listening to the show did not get any. I do apologize. I, I was under the false impression, along with many others, that they would have enough for a reasonable number of people. Obviously, wasn't the case. But at least McDonald's has recognized that there was a problem and will hopefully handle things a little bit better next time because yeah people really want this stuff so that was my my quip that i unfortunately did not get any szechuan dipping sauce but uh you know hopefully later this year i can get some and with that i think we're good to go into shout outs um unless there's anything else you guys had real quick no i'm pretty good all right zell you're up man um without a significant amount of forethought into this uh shout out to star trek discovery which i'm gonna go watch as soon as we uh click stop recording on this Cool. All right, babe. Oh, is it, my- it is your turn. Oh, okay. Um, uh, do shout out to the rain. I guess I was up in Fernandina Beach all day today, so I didn't get to do anything. Florida man has a very boring day in the rain. Got it. It was got supposed it. to be a really good day. All right. So for me, my shout out goes to an individual on the Dust Veteran Discord called Blaziken, and we have to we have to have a little build up for this one. So, uh. Blaziken and Bait had a bet um, for 100 million Iskin Eve that there would be no news or significant news about Project Nova at Eve Vegas. Um, and admittedly, both of them did a really crappy job at actually coming to terms they both agreed to. So bullshit, to, bullshit. To, to, to begin with, I don't even think that either of them have a leg to stand on. Because um, Bait wanted it to be like an actual like playable something you could actually get your hands on there okay, and yeah, Blaziken was like if they say the word Nova then I win the whole thing was stupid I said if the game was either playable or somebody from CCP Hilmar Ratati or somebody directly involved with the project said that fucking some significant news other than hey we're still working on this shit okay that yeah. was my thing so, so neither, thing, neither. Sorry, go ahead. Oh my god, drunk person said Nova or some CSM. I wouldn't, I wouldn't allow no CSM shit to to fly. Somebody from CCP and his shit is based was based on the leak, the quote unquote leaks. I don't know if we talked about that in the podcast um, that that he published from some fucktard from the CSM. And then talked about it openly on Reddit and totally sold the guy out who was his informant. But regardless, yes. so so in either way. The bet was stupid, and we were kind of joking about it. 
And um, I told him, I said, hey, listen, I feel bad that you lost because I'm just giving him shit. But if you send me 100 million ISK, I will triple it and send it back to you. I don't even play Eve, right? I just have an Eve account from like years ago that's just sitting there. You know, it's an alpha clone, whatever. The guy actually sent me 100 million ISK to triple and send back to him. Um, and I, I didn't believe him at first. He said, oh, yeah, here's a screenshot. I sent it. I, I sent it. You know, it's, it's right there. I'm thinking, okay, you Photoshopped it, whatever. I'm not, I'm not going to do this. And he kept insisting that he sent it. So I'm like, fuck. So I, I download Eve so I can check my stupid account. And honest God, the guy sent me 100 million ISK to, to, to triple and send back to him. So I basically scammed a guy out of 100 million without actually having even installed my computer, which I think is pretty impressive. And the best part is I hadn't even sent him the ISK for the fucking bed because I've been busy all weekend. And I still haven't sent him the ISK. And it's 10.34 p.m. on a Sunday night. Yeah, so this whole thing is stupid. The bet was stupid. I'm going out and saying no one won because you didn't agree to anything in the first place. And Blaziken, buddy... You're an idiot for sending me 100 million is thinking I was going to triple it and send it back to you. So here's what the deal's going to be. We're going to call this bet even. Bait owes you nothing. You owe bait nothing. I'm going to send your money back to you. And that's it. I'm not tripling your risk, but you're an idiot and should not have fallen for a stupid scam for someone who doesn't even play the goddamn game. So shout out to Blaziken. I'm sending you 100 million ISK right now. I'm loading up Eve and I'll do it now. Don't fall for that stuff. Come on, man. <laughs> all right. All right. So that's all I've got. Jay, you're up. Ooh, I got nothing after that, really. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see. I'll give a shout out to uh, Mrs. Larison, if you will. It's her birthday this week, so we celebrated her birthday, and that was our dinner in a movie was uh, Blade Runner. Awesome. Let's say you know you have a winner when she'll go and see Blade Runner with you. Oh, she's yeah, she's a big fan of the original movie, and. Uh, she she came out of there and she's like that was a really good movie but it was in no way what I what I was thinking it was going to be and so I was like well what what were you what were you looking for she's like I thought it would be more shooty and actiony maybe yeah you know, she she kind of digs movies like that and um, I was like yeah probably it's not really Guardians of the Galaxy kind of vibe <laughs> oh that's pretty great all right pretty cool man. Uh, but yeah, so again, I want to thank everyone for tuning in, listening to the show. Uh, we love your comments. Give us your thoughts on all the news that's going on. It's got some good stuff. And if you're not already in there, do be sure to join the uh, the Dust Veteran Discord if you are a former Dust player. Love to see you in there and, and talk shop and that sort of thing. Uh, but again, if you have any topics you want us to cover on the show, if you want to be on the show, go to biomass.com, click on contact us, and just let us know. Or you can ping me or bait in the uh, Discord chat, and we'll you know, be more than happy to accommodate you. So uh, again, thanks for tuning in. Have a safe night out there, and we'll see you next week.